0: Welcome to this week's King Sports International Huddle, our weekly podcast that we do to discuss training and, and questions that we get here at uh, King Sports International. This week we're going to be talking about uh, flexibility training uh, or stretching and training. In other words, uh, our our perspective on stretching and how it applies to physical training in general. So we're on the line with a number of coaches from around the world. You'll, you'll pick up their accents when they talk. And basically, uh, we're continually asked about our approach to stretching, uh, specifically Ian's approach, obviously, and one that us coaches have adopted um, you know, over decades now, and how they relate to the, the people that we coach and the athletes that we train, and the outcomes that they receive. So who wants to go first?
1: I'll go first, Mitch. Thanks, Ryan. Yeah, Ryan here. Um, yeah, it seems a lot of the discussions that I have with athletes that I see for the first time is in looking at their programs and even uh, general population is the following of the trends in this area of people recommending not stretching and, uh, and firsthand seeing the damage of that. And then when we reverse that uh, and then look more closely at adding flexibility, they see tremendous benefits right away and then and then beyond that.
0: So you've, you've actually I opened the can of worms and a couple of things there. The first thing you said was when they don't typically typically get recommended to stretch too much. I mean, stretching doesn't form a large part of their preparation, perhaps before coming to see people like us. Uh, why do you think that is?
1: One, the, the trends that people are following, they're, they're listening to... Well, it's, it's being taught in schools now, and it's going through different experts, so-called experts that are, are touting that and selling their their gear around that trend of, of not stretching and saying that it's, it's hindering their performance without ever experiencing it themselves is my guess because uh, if they had, they wouldn't be toting it.
0: Excellent. So we've got some other coaches in the line too. Why, why might people be conditioned uh, and have been conditioned for a period of time now not to stretch? Let's, let's go into that a little bit area a little bit more first.
2: Sure, Carl here. <clears throat> There'll be multiple reasons. A big one is, there isn't much to market with stretching. So in terms of strength training, which is really in vogue now and probably overkill, there's a lot of equipment. And if it's not massive machines to manufacturers, it, it's smaller things now they are selling to people, whereas with stretching, you've got maybe a stretch band and perhaps a mat, and that's about it. So from a marketing perspective and an income for manufacturers, there really isn't a great deal of... Reward or value for them to to support it, and then the other one would be if if people stretched and stretched appropriately and well, the way the KSI model would show, there wouldn't be injuries in sport, and that would have a massive knock-on effect.
0: So you've raised a couple of great points there, Carl, and both of them come from an economic perspective. We we know Ian's discussed for a long time about the. Uh, the funding relationship to research and if you go back to the 80s it was a decade of aerobics i think he called it because it was, you could sell a lot of machines and a lot of shoes and a lot of ergometers etc um which contributed to the popularity of aerobic training or endurance training during that de- during that era and then strength was probably the next decade of the 90s a lot of aerobics experts became strength experts because obviously we can sell a lot of machines if you as you just discussed as well carl um, and the reason Ian's talked before about flexibility not rising to prominence from an from a acceptance perspective is simply because there is no, nothing to gain economically from that. And your second point you raise as well is a very interesting one, and us coaches have obviously seen this over and over and over again in so many different sports in so many different countries over many decades, that when people learn to stretch efficiently and effectively, they don't get as injured. And that has severe implications for different paramedic, uh, paramedical fields in terms of the physical therapies and anyone that's involved in the um, injury rehabilitation market, which 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 is a huge market globally. So there's some really great points. So let's move along now. Unless there's any other input to um, what are some of the what what are some of the changes or benefits that. Um, you see your athletes receiving from from appropriate stretching, and has anyone got any case studies? Perhaps they can share and things of that nature.
3: Sorry, Mitch, it's Mike.
0: Yeah, Mike.
3: Can I just back up to that previous point for a second? Um, I think to add to that is that um, flexibility has probably been a, a very misunderstood physical quality, um, and that's been that's been backed up by the fact that there's probably been very little. Uh, historical value given to flexibility. I, I deal with a lot of of youth athletes uh, who, are who are obviously trained trained by perhaps some very well-intended moms and dads um, whose flexibility experience extended to the first seven minutes of a of a training session, and that's that's really the only value that that flexibility was ever given. Um, so very little experience with. Very little experience on the part of the coach teaching that flexibility is important or not important by virtue of their actions. Um, So a lot of the youth athletes that are coming through today uh, are in pretty poor shape and beginning to develop already young in their training careers very poor training habits uh, that have just been really just passed down through generations and generations uh, of individuals who have had very little value on stretching itself. And again, back to, and that's due to because there's no experience on their part.
0: So let's let's just go a little bit further with that, Mike, because it's a, it's a great point. You said these the youth coming through today are developing some inappropriate habits, and um, I've personally noted over the past 10, 12 years that uh, a 16 or 18-year-old That comes to see you now versus one that came to see you 10 or 12 years ago um, present quite differently and you've been doing this longer than any of us on the call what have you seen working with that demographic over time what are the changes you've seen and what are the challenges that 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 age group of athletes face today a lot of a lot
3: of chronic injuries happening so not just traumatic but Really, chronic injuries that are developing over movement patterns. So, youth athletes are specializing at, at such a young age; um, they're getting a greater exposure to repetitive movement patterns and never getting out of those patterns. Um, that's probably that's perhaps a topic for another day. Um, but to add to that, their their range of motion is actually getting worse. Um, I'm seeing young athletes present with. Hip issues, as an example, um, and extending into the low back, that uh, you probably wouldn't expect to see in, until someone's into their into their 20s, even into their 30s, after years and years of of, of hard training, and, and now I'm seeing that at the age of um, 13, 14, 15. So, working at the working at the college level, I'm actually seeing athletes come into the college level in worse shape than they were a decade ago, just, and experiencing injuries that um, it should perhaps never even happen. So, we're not ex- limiting this to hips, but I'll use swimmers as an example. Um, I'm seeing seeing more and more swimmers come into come into come into the college level already having shoulder surgery. And there's almost no, there's almost no impact in switch. So unless you swim into a wall, you theoretically shouldn't be hurt. But the uh, the repetitive movement patterns um, and the lack of the lack of range, these kids are just getting tighter and tighter. It's all contributing to a, a higher incidence of injury.
0: Absolutely, it's a scary trend that's happening. And of course, uh, the people responsible for, for, for addressing these injuries they're not going to slow it down because that would take money out of their pocket. I know that's perhaps a little bit of a conspiracy theorist perspective, but um, you do have to look at the economic realities of situations and where the money flows, focus often goes. So we are talking about an area that not a lot of people uh, wish to address and it probably steps on a few people's toes as well. Now, all of you coaches have mentioned experience. You've mentioned, uh, and Mike, you put it very well, that um, kids coming through are trained by well-intended mums and dads who have very limited experience in stretching, and then they go into programs with people who have very limited personal experience in stretching, and then that becomes the athlete's experience, and then they end up um, not fulfilling their potential. So how does someone gain personal experience in stretching?
2: The long and short of that one, Mitchell, is by doing. And from personal experience, I, I followed some of the the trends in the past. The stretching will make you weak, and all this sort of stuff. And as um, someone who competes in strength sports, I, I followed that for a time, led to a, a lot of personal injuries. Whereas I had to find a way to resolve these, and I was fortunate enough to come across Ian and his material. Started implementing stretching and. Lo and behold, my body improved drastically. And a lot of things I was told I'd never be able to do, I was able to do. So step one is is learn by doing it yourself. And then a great way to do it is find someone else who has developed these skills by doing. So again, they've experienced it and they know how to do it. Whereas now I get to help other people do the same sort of thing. So as Mike's mentioned before, a lot of really young kids that I'll see, in a real bad way. And most of it's because the yeah, stretching's non-existent or if it's done, it's a, a couple of minutes before, you know, a 90-minute or two-hour training session. So the ratio's hugely out, out of whack. Um, and really simply, I had an eight-year-old girl the other day I, I caught up with and she had some pain. And it was really as simple as giving her a, a stretch and teaching her how to relax her body. And, and magically, her body came good really, really quickly. So when taught appropriately, magic happens.
0: So just... Carl, you're, a, you're an athlete that competes in powerlifting and different strength sports, that's correct?
2: Yeah, that's correct. I, and, I and you, do some powerlifting and I, I dabble in strongman here and there.
0: Excellent. And so you've, you've competed a, at a high level and you've continued to improve and get better and better and less injured as you've stretched more and more throughout your career. Is that correct?
2: That's correct. It's, it's more of a delayed gratification. So I, I completely went back to... Square one, I suppose, and it was humbling. So the, the biggest challenge for most people, especially with strength, is is the ego. And as soon as you you realise that and put it at the door, it's it's really quick to get a result. So my my lifts increased significantly. So I added what, thirty kilos to my deadlift within about a three month period. And the only thing that really changed was I spent a lot more time working my flexibility. So if anything, my strength training had been backed off because my focus was on flexibility for that that cycle. And yeah significant improvement.
0: That's a fantastic testimonial. And for people that um, are familiar with powerlifting, you'll understand that there's no, no real equipment that contributes to the deadlift. It's probably one of the most true strength lifts going around, whereas there's often a lot of equipment used in benching and squatting that can um, impact the outcome of that lift. But the deadlift is one that uh, re- re- requires no equipment. And there's no benefit other, other than you just get stronger or you don't. So that's a phenomenal testimonial, um, Carl, um, to the benefits of doing this. And what about anyone else? What, how, how, how have you come? How have you understood flexibility? I mean, it, for a lot of not a number of us on the call here have been through university. A number of us on the call here have been through coaching certifications, etc. How have you learnt to stretch? Firstly, and then secondly, impact those teaching on teachings on others.
1: Yeah, for me, Mitch, it's right here. Uh, getting in the vicinity of someone that knows how to stretch has is, uh, is changed my view of it dramatically so the first time I met Ian and was at one of his events we we began stretching and I've never experienced anything like that and to witness someone that has that flexibility and that strength history as well it, it, was, uh, it was me meeting those those uh paradigms of the other people, and that's when I started to go, I need to look at people and if I'm going to work with them, they better match up. So if they're talking no flexibility, they better have no injuries and, uh, and walk the talk. And then that's very similar experience to both Carl and, and Mike with seeing uh, athletes and then having, like, I've seen similar like 12, 13, 14 year olds with chronic knee pain back pain and uh, they've been seeing professionals in every realm and then through flexibility and teaching them how to, to stretch and to balance out their stretching to their to their strength at work and they'll see dramatic results within a week and a month and where they didn't see anything for for extended periods up to years so that's just a, a
0: starting point. Excellent, Ryan. It's probably more than just balancing out their flexibility with their strength work, as Mike talked about earlier. A lot of athletes play a sport, and those sports require um, drills that are often repetitive in order them to execute the drill at the level uh, that, that optimises their performance. So it's not only a matter of balancing out their strength work, it's also a matter of balancing out their, their entire training volume. Because as we know, a lot of training is tension producing I mean if you look at the, the technical training the tactical training, the physical training uh, of athletes it's generally speaking tension producing and things like stretching are tension reducing and we need to um, have, have an awareness of this ratio as Carl mentioned earlier um, in all aspects of their preparation and not just week to week but month to month and year to year now, Mike, you've been going to... We've got our 11th annual um, King Sports International Convention coming up in Park City, Utah, in August 2014, so it's about eight weeks away. And you've been to more boot camps than anyone, and I've been to a few as well. And the thing I love to watch is when we stretch each year, um, what do you notice about the new participants coming in? What do you notice about the, the status of their bodies and their commitment to flexibility pre-KSI? <laughs>
3: KSI it's always interesting it's um, I don't think they ever anticipated how much work it could actually be um, how challenging it can actually be it's it's um, I think evidence of perhaps the mindset that you have to have when you when you go into that kind of flexibility session and have that kind of experience because it's unlike training for the other any of the other three qualities. Strength, speed, or endurance. Uh, your mindset's very different. It's one of the um, it's one of the benefits that I, I think are not very often explored, and, and you can't explore it until you've actually. Uh, it's not a. I should put it this way. It, it's not a. Um, it's not an academic experience. It's not an intellectual comprehension of something. Um, it's a true physical appreciation. You, you'll never know it until you've actually done it.
0: Exactly, and therein lies a challenge of people with no personal experience and people that attempt to get everything they know in inverted commas through reading about instead of their own personal experiences will never ever come to a conclusion similar, similar to someone that has had the personal experience in this area not only from their own personal experiences but has imparted those experiences with hundreds and thousands of athletes across a whole range of sports in a lot of different cultures and a lot of different countries. Now... John can you hear me yeah excellent so John you're, you're, yeah, a, you. excellent. you're a competitive bodybuilder and we're obviously talking about flexibility um, what's mm-hmm. uh, we're talking about the benefits of flexibility as they relate to, to physical preparation as far as your own preparation for um, your physical endeavours how have you found flexibility impact that
4: well, for me and the clients, um, y- you gain the ability to actually perform the lift how it's supposed to be performed so you can get the best result out of the lift. And as a, um, as a comment uh, about what you guys were talking about, about the stretch session, as somebody who's been, uh, you know, I-, I just did the camp last year for the first time, And what I gained from doing that stretch session, cause I was stretching before, but after I went through that stretch session, I gained a better appreciation for the time that the stretches need to be held, the progressions of each stretch, and then also how important the repeats are and how much looser you get each repeat that you do. So yeah, it was a phenomenal experience for me and um, after that I completely changed the way I stretched, which now has completely changed, you know, the way I train and what I'm able to do and how far I can take
0: my physique. That's fantastic and this is not a conversation to go too much down into the actual nitty gritty of stretching, but you mentioned repeats and I find it really interesting, John, that in strength training, strength training is typically done with a number of sets per exercise, and speed training is typically done in numbers of sets, and endurance training is typically done in numbers of repeats and sets and physical training or technical training and tactical training for sport. Athletes or coaches will have athletes do a number of sets, repeating things until they're done better and better. Yet if you look at the the, the paradigm in which flexibility is typically conducted around world sport and in gyms, it's typically one side, the other side, next muscle group, one side, other side, next muscle group. I mean, even if you applied the same basic methodology to stretching that isn't that great, but if you just repeated it a little bit more, the volume and the repeats itself would have huge ramifications uh, on people's bodies and their freedom.
4: Yeah. Um, another comment I had from what you guys were talking about before about like learning about stretching and then how you learned it and how you were able to learn to implement with your clients is that I, I learned by choosing the, you know, being, being smart in my choice of who my physical preparation coaching mentor was going to be. So that selection process and then, you know picking someone who's actually flexible himself and actually does it and practice what he preaches. And then also I learned by doing. So after I read the material and after I, you know, watched the DVDs and went over all the content, I started doing it myself. And then of course, doing it in real life at that um, stretch session at the camp and then implementing what I learned from there and just doing it. Is how I learned and how I learned to implement it with my clients, so they can get the better result.
0: They're fantastic points, John. And we could—that's a whole another discussion about how to pick a mentor and who to learn from, um, because a person, as you know, with the best marketing doesn't necessarily give you the best results. Um, and Ian's actually talked about there's an inverse correlation between someone's marketing expertise and their actual competencies as a coach. But like we said, it's a discussion for another day. And you're spot on. I mean, all the coaches that come through our program particularly as they progress to the more advanced levels of our program will get a a higher commitment to stretching and a deeper appreciation as the the years go on um, because they'll notice it firstly in their own bodies and then in the people that they work with and training becomes very different uh, as time goes on because the unfortunate thing that people often don't take into account in terms of training is that every year we get older our connective tissues get tighter just from the ageing process and the second point is gravity. You know, we, we, we gravity acts upon us continually, and the impact of gravi- gravity each year is greater and greater. But you don't see too many training programs account for these things, and I understand I'm getting a little bit um, into a different area, but they're just things that, that need to be taken into account if, if if athletes wish to optimise their performance. So we're going to wrap on this topic now. Is there any uh, final conclusions that any of you coaches wish to share with people listening to this um, and encouraging them to think like the 5% and not the 95% so they can get results like the 5% and not the
2: 95%. Yeah. So, oh, okay, go on. The, from the, the point in camp and choosing... So when I first went to camp, I couldn't even touch my toes. I was, a, uh, uh, yeah, shocking. And had learned a lot of right and wrong in, in training, well, sort of stretching, as, as what I guess society calls it. And then we were going through some stretches and Ian was leading the stretch I was like, wow, these things are all wrong. And it was such a long time and so uncomfortable. And the challenge wasn't just the physical. Whereas I didn't really, it didn't click for me until uh, probably three or four weeks later. I had a chat with Ian and he said, look, do it for a period of time. Give yourself three months. If you don't find any value, don't do it anymore. I thought, well, that makes a lot of sense. I'll do that. And I had been applying it. And then one day it just clicked. My, bro- my mind let go all the rubbish went out and once you can like when the mind lets go the body just releases and then I hit range I've never hit before so a lot of the key is, is learning to let go of all the stuff that doesn't serve you and then the body will follow suit
0: Ah uh, such great guidance Carl and we can <laughs> do a whole topic on the, uh, on the concept of letting go uh, and not just physically but maybe we'll address that down the track. John?
4: Um, what I was going to say is back to the uh, bodybuilding question is I mean, if you just break it down to some basic, basic variables of what builds muscle, you have your time under tension, and then you have your range of motion. So if you improve your flexibility, you're going to improve your range of motion through all the lifts you can do, and you're going to be able to recruit a ton more muscle fibers when you train and be able to get bigger just as basic as you can get it. So that's how um, I look at it as affecting uh, people who are engaging in bodybuilding. Just It'll improve your range of motion, which will help you get bigger.
0: That's fantastic guidance, and a lot of that's obviously from your own personal experience and looking at bodybuilders in history as well. I note that a lot of them are, are incredibly flexible uh, when you look at old pictures in magazines and um, talk to a lot of old-school bodybuilders. It was a big component of their training that um, has probably lessened in some demographics over the years. Any other final conclusions uh, or anything people wish to share before you wrap this?
1: Yeah, Mitch. Uh, I noticed that with athletes uh, and their sport coaches, they're asking their athletes to get them into certain positions, they're asking them to execute a skill in a certain way yet their body doesn't have that ability and through flexibility they, they can have those choices of putting their body in this position to have a chance to learn the skill that a coach may be uh, looking for them to, to gain
0: that's a, great, that's a great concluding comment Ryan, um, having choice to put your body where you want it to be to put your body into a position where you wish it to be, um, and that in itself uh, is a is a fantastic concept and one that every athlete would aspire to. But unfortunately, sometimes doing more training takes you further and further away from being able to put your body in that position, as we have noted. So, um, unless there's any final comments, we're going to wrap that topic here. I really appreciate you coaches coming together in this week's huddle, um, and I trust that the wisdom these coaches have shared is been beneficial to you and you'll be able to come to your own conclusions based on your own experience in your own stretching and letting go and taking on board the concepts that the coaches have talked about and who knows if you're open to it you may even attend our uh, 11th straight year in Park City at at our 2014 KSI International Convention and come and stretch with us and come to your own conclusions based on your own experiences. Thank you very much.